You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. What is your best piece of advice that you would have for bow hunters out there? Have experiences, go with friends, have opportunities. Like I'm in no position yet in this journey that I'm on with a bow in hand where I could sit there and say, I might pass that deer. I want him to get older next year because there's no guarantee, right? Like there's no guarantee that that deer can make it next year. So I scouted more. I got my daughter involved to allow her to, to come out with me and if that meant for me to get a little extra workout by her being on my back, like so be it, just to get her in into further places to scout and mark waypoints, make experiences with friends. Went to Maryland, had a really great encounter. I loved it. I went with a friend. We had a great time. It was a great experience. That was what I wanted to focus on for 2023. It's a great piece of advice. Get those experiences, get out in the woods, get your family out in the woods, go out with your friends, do whatever you have to do. If you can have a bow in your hand while you do it, even better. Welcome to the Range Podcast. I'm Ricky Bruley, and with me is Jake Hollywood Iverson. Join us at the Archery Range, where we'll tell stories from the hunt, discuss technical bow shooting tactics and gear, and pick the brains of some of the most successful people to ever shoot a bow. Whether you're about to shoot that X for the win or send an arrow at a trophy buck, this podcast is for you. The Range Podcast is brought to you by Vapor Trail Archery, makers of the best bowstrings money can buy, originators of limb-driven arrow rest technology, and innovators of stokerized stabilizer systems. Well, hey, Jeremy. Thanks for coming on the podcast today, man. How have you been? Thank you. Appreciate it, man. I'm doing really, really well. Busy, but doing really good. Yeah. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, d- doing the podcast thing is a lot of work, and then on top of everything else you got going on, I, I, I can't even imagine. Uh so tell our audience just a little bit about yourself. You know, I know I got into it a little bit on in the intro, but in case there was something I missed or something that you want to talk about. Also, you know, give us, uh, you know, what is your origin story in regards to, you know, becoming a bow hunter? What what really got you into hunting and, and how did you transition into bow hunting? Yeah, dude. Uh, so Jeremy Dinsmore, I'm, I'm from originally from northeastern Pennsylvania, a town uh, called Hazleton. I grew up there and moved to Central PA, where I reside right now with my wife and my daughter, and uh, I'm a health and phys ed teacher at, at, at the State College Area School District, and been there now uh, eight years, I think, eight, nine years, mm-hmm. and so been doing that, and on year, this will be year four, I think, yeah, year four for the Antler Up podcast, and joined the Sportsman's Empire with Dan Johnson. Uh, this is now just one full year on, under that under that umbrella and it's been awesome had the chance to have you on the podcast twice ricky and and mm-hmm. doing everything but man it's it's been a as far as like that goes i'm a busy man and uh i'll, I'll, get, in, yeah. I'll get into a little bit of my origin story but busy right now like you said uh, my wife is expecting our, our second child will be here uh, right around the new year and you know kind of long that's awesome long story short my daughter's nine we didn't know didn't think it was in our cards to ever have another one which is uh you know you kind of come to peace with it i guess and mm-hmm. all of a sudden this past spring you know blasting turkeys in ohio and pa and my wife's like hey uh, uh i'm i'm pregnant so that was a uh, a shocker to say the least oh. so yeah so we so this this past hunting season for me it was 
I put a lot of time in scouting postseason last year and mm-hmm. uh, as well as over the summer and doing things in the the fall. I went to Maryland, obviously PA and then did Ohio, but I got five deer down in the month of October uh, with the bow in Pennsylvania. That's awesome. Yeah, in Pennsylvania, four doe and, and a buck tag was, was filled. And first time punching the buck tag in, it, that was, I think it was – so I, I was on a three-year uh, streak where I, I did not have uh, punched that tag here in PA, which is kind of frustrating. I have two years were missed opportunities, and last year I did not have a chance to draw back on a, on a buck. So it was kind of like this year I'm not going to let that happen. I'm, I do not want four years to go. And, and not the yeah. biggest buck, and I could care less about all that type of stuff, but a really nice six-point uh, mountain buck from northeast PA where I grew up hunting and doing things with my dad. And it was the first time I ever doubled up, killed a doe, we could get in all to that stuff. And 10 minutes later, this buck shows up and I was like, Oh, he's a nice, nice one. When he looked at me and had a, he was out by the ears a little bit. I said, you know what? I'm, I've never doubled up. He got me to grab my bow again and and I let it rip. And, uh, so yeah, man, I, uh, like I said, as you can see with five deer down in, in the month of October, things were, were pretty busy for me, but you could see the love and joy I have for, for bow hunting. Like right now I've only taken the gun out once since PA started and, for bow hunting for me, I've been out with the bow during gun season twice, uh, just kind of just mm. quick early morning hunts until I had some other things I needed to get done, finish things up for the house for to prepare for this, this uh, our new baby. But um, grew up, like I said, in, in that northeastern PA region. My dad grew up hunting. I grew up hunting with him. Couldn't wait to your typical story of when you're eight years old and when I was growing up, we didn't have that mentor license yet. It was, you could only go out hunting mm-hmm. until you're 12. Um, so, yep. so I like, I could not wait until that, that period of time, you know, I would practice shooting guns with my dad and he got me a bow at a, at a young age, I would say about 10 years old, I want to say, and it was one that I could, I could grow with. Uh, and I loved it even back then, Ricky. And then when I was, I want to say 12 years old, uh, I think it was when, I, it was my first year hunting, I believe. I shot a uh, a little button buck at, through all this brush uh, up uh, where, where I hunt a lot to, to this day in Northeast PA, like 90 yards mm-hmm. through it. And I just remember before, mm. before my dad left me, now he wasn't even with me. Again, 12 years old, first year hunting. He's like, okay, here, here's where you're sitting. I'm going to go off and do my thing. I'll pick you up at dark. <laughs> and through this thick brush, I remember before he left, I said, can I shoot anything? He said, yeah, sure. And it was a long morning. It was probably only like 10 mm-hmm. o'clock, but to a 12 year old, you know, it was, it was a long morning and I see something oh, yeah. moving through, through all that thick brush. And I, I, you know, verified that it was a deer. I put it where I was supposed to put it and blasted and, and the deer dropped. And I just remember my dad radioing me and he's like, was that you? And I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I just killed a deer. I was all fired up, like shaking and so he came over and and we he's he's looking while i'm still in the stand and we're talking on the radio and i'm like no a little bit further go further and he's like what you know no way you shot through all this and i I made a perfect shot the deer dropped right there and when i went up to him he's like oh you killed a little button buck (laughs) you know and um (laughs) so it was cool though it was my first deer ever like that and and it was a cool moment and and uh, the next year is when I was 13, I killed a, a doe with a bow and Ricky, I'll tell you what, and I talked about it on, uh, actually, uh, this we're recording this, uh, you know, in the first week of December and this upcoming podcast that I have, I talked to two brothers and 
I, I mentioned this that how bow hunting for me like that specific kill with my first uh deer with the bow man it changed me i love yeah. in a positive way it mm -hmm. i mean the joy and the excitement i got when i was 12 because it was my first year with the gun was awesome but mm -hmm. i can't put into words how much different in a excitement just life-changing feeling for me it was with the bow i, I mean it was incredible mm -hmm. man and and I love bow hunting. I love shooting my bow even at that young age. And until this day, man, like I shoot my bow every day, even if it's just three shots at five yards mm -hmm. in my basement, like I need to shoot my bow. And um, yeah. so I would say the last six years is uh, six, seven years. I probably is when I really got more serious with it. Um, just because mm -hmm. college happened and life was trying to figure things out with the job profession and starting a family. And I didn't have that much money at that point in time until you figure things out. And, and mm -hmm. my first year of, uh, it was no, my second year of coaching uh, varsity baseball, our team made it to like the state semifinal and you get paid extra for during playoffs. And I use all that playoff money to, to buy a new bow. And mm -hmm. it was like my first real legit bow and, and, uh, like flagship bow. And I just won't forget that. And I was, hooked ever since then uh, as far as like getting a little bit more diving deep into this world so i mm -hmm. honestly ricky man i i love it and uh i i just i like to help people out too with it uh and give you know whether they listen or not my opinion on certain things and and i love learning and growing obviously being a teacher so i love listening to, to hear to other people as well to see what works for them mm -hmm. yeah no that's great and you know you being a teacher too you have probably have a, a better way of articulating how to do things, you know, cause there's some people that are, you know, that really good hunters or bow hunters or whatever, but they might not be good at articulating that information, you know? Yep. And sometimes I feel I'm, I'm that way too, where I'm like, you know, trying to teach uh, the kids something and, and, you know, you, 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 there's something you know how to do well and you feel like you're, you're teaching it well, but you're, and you're like, well, what? okay, it doesn't seem like they're grasping yep. it or, or picking up on what I'm trying to say. And so what, you know, how do, how do I, you know, flip the switch on how I'm teaching this so that they understand it a little bit better. But, um, but yeah, no, that's, that's fantastic. I love that you've really taken on to the bow hunting and, and I'm with you on that. You know, it's such a huge source of therapy for me, you know, that I think that's a big reason why I got into it in the beginning. And then how cool is it that you get the same excitement now to, 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 you know, take a deer with your bow that you, as you did then, oh, my gosh, you know? yeah. and, and you got to do it five times this year. So that's, <laughs> that's amazing. We'll be right back. Hey everybody, Ricky Bruley here, Vapor Trail. We're really excited about some new features that we've just added to the Gen Integrate X Limb Driver Arrow Ref. previous model that we had had the micro adjust knob that stuck out and so it made it difficult to remove these one piece low pro quiver from Matthews. We've eliminated that knob and now it's an Allen key that you would use to make that adjustment. We thinned up the area here where the activation cord is as well. We really squeezed it in about a quarter of an inch. It's a little bit lower profile so now you don't have any issues with the low profile quiver. 
comes off nice and easy. And you also have, of course, the added feature of the integrated mounting system, so you can mount the arrow rest right to the rail on the riser of the bow. Additional features include new markings that differentiate your locking screws from your windage and elevation screws. All Vaportrail arrow rests have a free-floating head, providing more forgiveness and greater downrange accuracy. No need for a bow press, simply tie the activation cord to the limb and say goodbye to interference with cam timing caused by cable-driven arrow rests. The new and improved GI-8X is available and ready to ship. Trust the originators of limb-driven technology and head over to our website at VaporTrailArchery.com or stop into your local archery pro shop to get yours today. Yeah. Yeah, this year was like I said. It, it, my my close friends were calling this like a revenge year, and and just going back to having fun, and and they were just like, "Did you let any deer walk by without getting an arrow flung at them?" And I was like, "Honestly, I, I forget what to, at what point this this was said." And I the answer was no. <laughs> yeah. So it was kind of. Uh, but it was in a situation too, where I really wanted to make the most out, out of all my sits and, and my time out there just because of, I mean, obviously it was still a long period of what time away from when my wife was, is due with, with our, our second child. But at the same time, I really wanted to capitalize on things just because I wanted to make sure we have, uh, you know, I, I, like, I enjoy eating the meat. My daughter loves enjoying the meat. My wife likes certain cuts of it and certain uh, dinners with it. So I wanted to make sure we had obviously a good amount of food, but then uh, number two, like I did not want to have it a year where in years past where I was just like grinding, chasing that tail. Like I never felt, I felt like the more uh, quantity of sits I did, the quality sits were down. Like I just, like hunting mm -hmm. more didn't necessarily mean better success for me in, in the years past, mm -hmm. whereas this year I wanted to be a little bit more calculated and it worked and, you know, was majority of it luck probably, but at the same time mm -hmm. uh, it, it worked and hopefully it could continue in the years to come like that. Yeah, for sure. And you've had, uh, so on your podcast this year too, I mean, you've got some notable people that are coming on there and, and, and even, you know, just anybody who's on the podcast, you know, I've listened to some ex excerpts and, mm -hmm. you know, little sections of them, uh, and, you know, just a lot of good information. So you, you're just getting, you know, loaded with all kinds of awesome tips and techniques and things like that too. So that's great. I'm curious about the, you know, the story of the buck that you shot this year. Mm -hmm. Tell us, tell us a story about how that went down. Did you call it in or, you know, give us the, give us the juicy details on, sure. on what that day was like. Yeah, dude. So I'm, I actually, it starts back to last season during gun season. And the reason why I say that was because there's a deer that I've talked about on my podcast that my dad and I have had on camera for the last, this year was four years. And obviously every year he's gotten bigger and to kind of paint the picture a little bit, there's no food plots. It's mountain, mountainous uh, terrain, ridge after ridge on our side where we hunt. And on our side, on the North side, there's no, during the off season, quote unquote, the, the spring the the summer months my dad and i rarely will get bucks on camera we get that we start getting them in in i would say late august and in september and in october hits boom then the bucks could start coming home to to that side so last gun season we were trying to figure out this deer and there were certain pockets that i believe that he could potentially be traveling to just because of where he was coming on on pictures 
on cameras. And I basically went to a spot that was in between my dad and I, and it was more so middle up the mountain. Uh, I know that's kind of hard to, to read, but it was just more middle compared to our normal two track that we walked down. And mm -hmm. when I got in there, I saw a little bit more thick stuff, a couple different scrapes and some good rubs. Like I'm talking like just big trees, just completely destroyed. And I was like, man, this gotta be him or it's another big deer. And mm -hmm. in that area, I was like, okay, I'm marking everything on, on, uh, on, on Spartan forge and everything like that. And I did not come across anything that year in gun season, but all that off season, I was like, I need to get in here to dive a little deeper. So I did. So I went back in one other time, I think in, in February, we did not have a ton of snow. My dad and I kind of walked around a little bit, seen that postseason sign. I went back in in June to hang some more different cameras with my dad, went back in there, and then went back early September to do one more card pull and put another camera in this kind of in that location and mm -hmm. where I killed my buck this year. And I vividly remember saying to my dad right before we cleaned up, making that mock scrape, like finish freshening up that mock scrape. And I said to him, I said, I'm going to kill my buck in here this year. And my dad's like, I know you will. And so, <laughs> we, we, you know, so long story short, uh, I was getting some deer on camera there, like checking and you could see where the doe travel up and down kind of the, the, their little trail that they had going on. And I ran this camera on video mode. And I was like, okay, as long as the does use this, I know I'll be good. Uh, come closer to that end of October when things start really heating up in that in that area, uh, just going off of old intel and historical data. So it was uh, that like 23rd weekend or whenever that that was. And we had a, a decent cold front coming through, just weather it dropped just a little bit. And again, I just always knew around that weekend and the following weekend are usually really good in that area. So mm -hmm. I went the wind was perfect. So I, I got into that spot. First time I hunted it all year that weekend. I went in and in the morning, uh, did not see anything. My dad was, my dad was actually up there with me early in the morning and he was more on top and he's like, Hey, I, uh, I have a couple doe coming towards me, texting me and a couple hours later, I, I think they came to my, my weak side coming down, which kind of made sense of like where my dad was and, and where I was located. And I think about another hour past that they circled back around. And when they, mm -hmm. when they did, I saw that it was a really big doe. I mean, her head put it, put it to put this in perspective. I mean, I killed only a, a two and a half year old buck. This doe was bigger than he was as far as like, <laughs> like he was a tank. I, I wish I would have mm -hmm. kept her jaw to get her age because I, like my dad even said, he she had to be seven years old, like six. I mean, her head enormous. Mm. Um, so, so she she came up, and at this point, I was like, oh man, uh, I don't know what to do if if this doe gives me a shot. And she comes right up about ten yards from from my strong side, and at that point, I'm bow's already in hand, and I thought I must have double tapped my three sixty camera, and because I didn't record it. But my mm. actual camera was recording the sound. I just, I, again, recording just went total kill mode and did not move the camera. So I draw back, <laughs> I put it on her and boom, I released the arrow and she runs 30 yards and crashes. And I was like, all right. And I texted my buddy. He's like, dude, you got to let some, a deer 
go at some point this year. And I was like, I just, <laughs> I was just, I, I, I don't know how to explain it, Ricky. I was just, I was just mm. in it for to win it. And, mm. and so the the deer read the script though. She came up where I was ex- expecting deer to come from the bottom, and I would say about 15, 10, 10 minutes later, all of a sudden, uh, a different doe comes flying down from the top to my strong side. I'm like, what the heck's going on? And another deer behind her stops kind of like where this rock kind of structure is, a little pinch point, I guess you could say, before it drops off another little ridge. And at that point, she stops and she's looking down. And then all of a sudden, she bolted where she came from. But the other deer continued to go down down the mountain. And all of a sudden, coming up over the the ridge that I couldn't see that I was just explaining, out, out comes mm-hmm. this this buck. And at first I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I think that's the, the seven point that we've been getting on camera in this location between my dad and I. And I didn't grab my bow at first. I was just kind of watching. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, like he came up and as soon as he turned to face me and I saw like where he was at and immediately I was like, mm-hmm. all right, grab your bow. And I was like, you never, yeah. like I said, I never doubled up uh, on, a, on the same hunt like that. Mm-hmm. I said I was going to kill in this you know, have an opportunity for myself in this specific location. It was a beautiful October day. My dad was up, up the mountain with me. I was like, let's, let's do this. And I knew I had Ohio potentially coming up in the future. And I know I had, I could still had more time in this area, but I was like, let's just go. Like it wasn't, my goal was to notch that tag. My goal wasn't to necessarily kill a specific class deer, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I drew back again, I made another really good hit. And I think what ended up happening was when I hit this buck, uh, the arrow must've deflected and then the arrow deflected up in, uh, mm. and it, he bounded once and he dropped them. And at that point he, he oh. was done. So he took, he, he's in front of me. I could see where my doe was and I just sat there and man, I, 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 I didn't even call my wife text my wife, text my dad. I took like 10 minutes just to kind of collect myself. And, and I was just like looking around, seeing the whole, how the sun was reflecting on the gold leaves and the red leaves and just everything, man. And, and just like, what is to come in my life and like where I'm at as an individual, as a husband, as a father and, and, you know, brother as a friend and and everything. And I just, I really took that moment in and I was very thankful and, and I was so fired up, man. Like I, again, I just, I, like you said, bow hunting just gets me going. And, and, uh, you know, my one friend and I have nothing against gun hunters by any means. And my one friend, when I messaged him and he was like, dude, I don't care how big a deer is. He goes, any, and I have the same respect as far as like anybody that kills a deer with a bow, man, like it's, it's skill, right? Like it, it it's, not, it's mm-hmm. something totally different. <laughs> and I love what t- my buddy Taylor said, and he goes, I chalk up any bow kill is like, I forget how he worded it, but like three, three kills with like a gun or something like that. Like just something where like mm-hmm. it puts it things into perspective. And, uh, I, I was very fortunate to, to have that. And, and again, like I, I knew in that area could have been a good spot and it, it was, and, uh, man, I don't know if it's just pure luck <laughs> again, but, uh, I just, uh, that's what put me in that position was scouting. And again, I was seeing a little bit, uh, originally I was not going to go into that spot, uh, but. Mm-hmm. But two days prior, my dad checked the camera for me and, and was like, Hey, like you got a couple younger deer, uh, a, a decent one came by like towards last light two days prior. 
was like, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to give that spot a shot. The wind was good. So I, it was, it was borderline good for the deer, borderline good for me. And, and that was like what I was really looking for. And that's what I capitalized on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm with your, your friend there, Jeremy, because, and I was thinking that the whole time in my head is any, any success that you have with the bow is amazing in, in my mind. I mean, you know, and we all probably started out with a gun, I think is usually the case for most people, maybe not all, but, and, you know, there's something about just, you know, having to get close and, you know, if you haven't done any spot and stock type stuff yet, um, it that is even even more incredible to have the ability to you know go into their backyard and have success that's tough that's that's tough and so but either way i mean even with all the you know countless uh, days and hours and and time and everything that we spend to do this and and for even to have a deer walk by you and then for everything to come together, you know, so many things have to come together. You got to have a clear shot. You got to have the right angle. You got to have, you know, the wind's got to be, re- there's so many factors, you know what I mean? So, and, and I would say half of those factors, you can throw out the window when it comes to a gun, because they could be 150 yards away and, and they would never be, they would never know you're there, not even close, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, uh, and yes, I, nothing against gun hunters. I don't mean to minimize the success right. that that they have, you know, I still hunt with a, well, mostly just a muzzle loader now, but there's going to be a time where I can't draw a bow back and I'm going to, uh, I'm going to probably just go straight to a gun. We won't get into the crossbow conversation and no judgment against crossbow hunters either, but, uh, not for me. Um, but <laughs> in any case, uh, yeah, what a cool story and, you know, good job Appreciate that, uh, on your success this year. You know, I, you know, I have done a lot of Metro hunts in the past. I've, I've been out of them for the last couple of years here, but in those Metro hunts, man, we, you know, the goal is to reduce the population. And so I've had those years too, where, you know, it's just, I almost feel bad for some of the other hunters because it's like feast or famine. You know what I mean? You're either, you're either killing them all or you're not killing any. So, um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's always a blast and, and I can't possibly eat that much meat. I would never, you know typically I wouldn't take that many deer, uh, you know, but I've got people that, right. uh, you know, that want deer, you know what I mean? So it's like, they're more than happy to, to take a deer and I'm more than happy to supply them with it, you know? So no doubt. I mean, not to, to kind of real quick, the, I would say too, like, obviously that hunt was, was really cool. My, my second doe, and I know it's only, it's a doe hunt, but there was my my downfall ricky the last couple of years was not doing a lot of scouting where i live currently and there's a plethora mm. of public land where i live and i've hunted it a couple of years ago a lot and scouted it but the last couple of years i put a lot of time and effort back at home in northeast pa and the first official like main saturday so it would have been like october 8th or whatever that time frame was I went to a spot where I scouted in the, in the spring and summer Mm -hmm. and you had a, you have to bike, I would say about a mile and then bike, I would say maybe half a mile, uh, uh, on another little trail and then walk down, uh, and look over this little ridge. And then there's a, a bench down there. And I scouted this, Mm -hmm. this bench and in the spring, and I found pretty good 
cluster of scrapes and it was thick. And I was like, you know what? I, I think this could be a good early season location spot. And it was right around that time frame where that huge cold front kicked in on like our first cold front this past year where everybody was going like berserk over. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go in there and see what happens. Uh, a buck could come up over, uh, you know, it was looking like a little bit of rain in the morning. At that point in time, again, I was like, man, this would be a haul if I take a doe. So let's, this, yeah. this is a buck only trip. Yeah. <laughs> and that morning it was ended up saying that it was stopped raining. And then all of a sudden, dude, the, the floodgates open. It just started pouring, how to put like my camera away, all that type of stuff. And I'm just like tucked mm. in and just bearing this, this rain. And I was in this cluster of oak trees. Like it was one where it was like a, it was made like a, a star, like one here, one here, one here, one here. It was like five oak trees all together. And I was in the mm. first one and I had good wind and I was anticipating the deer to come up over. And right as soon as the rain stopped, I had like four doe come and I, the biggest one, I was like, darn it, here we go. I got super excited and she came, gave me like a 17 yard shot across the trail. I didn't hit, I didn't, did not hit, uh, I did not put my ground scent where they were at this point. So mm -hmm. I was still in the clear and she came over and Ricky, I, I drew back, I took my time. I put the pin exactly where I wanted it to, to aim and the arrow flew exactly. And I just, as I'm, as the release went, I'm still in my peep, just basically watching that arrow go. It just hits mm -hmm. where it wants to, where where it needed to. She ran off about thirty yards, so the you know I could barely see, but I heard her crash, and mm -hmm. I was like, I was so fired up over that hunt. And I, again, I was like, <laughs> all right, I guess uh, we're, we're gonna have to pack this one out or, or do something. And I did not have a a, uh, a my the correct pack with me to 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 pack her out. So I had a I had an eventful. Uh, morning, afternoon on on that one, dragging her out. So it was uh, yeah. it was eventful, but man, it, that was a fun embrace the suck type of ordeal getting her out there. But she was a big girl, and yeah. I was very again, I uh, it was a fun hunt. But uh, going back to to why I wanted to tell the story was just because it was the homework that I put in in here, and, and I can't stress that enough to to anybody. Any chance you get, go walk in the woods because the worst thing that could happen is you're going to learn something about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's great. And that, you know, that's, uh, that's perfect too, as far as I was going to, I wanted to ask you, um, and maybe you do have something different. We'll, we'll get into that, but I was going to ask you what your best piece of advice is. And that's a great piece of advice right there, but we'll probably come back to that later and see if you got uh, another piece that you can throw in there. Uh, I, I did want to say too, that, uh, you know, to give you some credit as far as, you know, your success that you've had this year. I mean, I can't tell you, there's probably a dozen times where I've passed on bucks early on in the season where I could have had an opportunity and, uh, you know, I wouldn't say regrets, but looking back on, it, it's like, man, you know, and, and usually if I don't shoot them with my bow, I shoot them with my camera. Right. So I'll have video or I'll have photos or something like that. And I can look back on those, on those photos and go, Oh man, maybe I should have let an arrow fly at that deer, you know? And, and I've had so many people too tell me like, Oh man, I wouldn't have hesitated to shoot that buck, you know, but it's like, still at the same time too. And especially when you know that there's a, there's a bigger buck in the area that you're kind of, you're like, Oh man, you know, I, it's all about. And another thing too, is like, sometimes I don't want the hunt to be done. You know, I don't want, I want to have, 
you know, a little bit more, a little bit more time in the woods, especially if I know that I'm going to be able to get more time in the woods. Right. Now it's different. Now it's, I mean, you know, last year we talked on, when I was on your podcast, <clears throat> we talked about how my time was really limited. I put all my eggs in, in that one basket for the bear hunt in BWCA. Right. And this year really wasn't much different. I did get up into the BWCA this year, but I didn't have a tag and I've gotten out, you know, hunting in the whitetail woods a few times, but I tell you what, I, you know, any buck that walks by me right now at this point in the season is going to probably get it, you know, and, uh, or doe for that matter. But, you know, so perspective is, or time is such a big factor too, you know? And so, um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think, I think, uh, you know, anything you take with a bow as a trophy, you know, it's, if it's a spike, if it's a doe, it doesn't matter to me. Um, you know, it's that's success. Any anything you can do with a bow is is incredible. So hundred hundred percent, Ricky. Good job. So I one thing I one thing I wanted to talk about too a little bit is so I love coffee, yep. right? And quite honestly, I'm not sure if I could live or survive life without it. And uh, I see that you've got a new little adventure <laughs> going right now. You have your own line of coffee, which I was like, that's pretty cool. Talk a little bit about that and how did that all come about? Yeah, dude. So same thing, man. I, I, I love coffee. I don't know if I could survive. I could, I'm to the point where I think if, if it's like seven o'clock at night, I, as long as I don't make it too, too strong on a pour over, I, I'll still be able to fall asleep like 25 minutes later. Like it, it, at this point, it doesn't bother me. Um, but a, a buddy of mine, his name is Ed and he, uh, he runs our grounds coffee company and he's out outside of Mm. Philadelphia area and going back to the whole, the baby thing. And obviously you have, uh, baby showers and all that type of stuff. And, uh, again, my daughter's nine, so we had nothing left over. We got rid of all our, Mm -hmm. all our baby stuff and we were giving a gift for our baby shower. And my wife was like, Hey, you know, we love coffee. Why don't we do, do coffee? I was like, sure, let's let's do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she bought these little bags. Instead of doing like Dunkin' or Starbucks or Folgers, whatever, it's like, let me ask my buddy Ed if if he'll if we could send him these bags and him have his coffee in it. Like it'd be a great mm-hmm. great cool thing. So that's what we did. And and I messaged him. I was like, dude, we should do like an antler up thing. Like just as for giggles. Like for me personally, like just to have a bag that says antler up coffee, like it'd just be cool, mm-hmm. a personal thing. And He's like, dude, we could for sure do that. He goes, that's what, you know, these big companies do when they do these offset things. He goes, well, they just use a special bean. They roast it and, you know, all that stuff. And he has all the mm-hmm. the tools needed. Like, this is his little business that he has. And I was like, dude, let's do it. Uh, a couple bags, <laughs> you know, let's let's see how they how mm-hmm. they sell. And, um, you know, I did a small number batch, uh, you know, only 30 bags to, to start with. And he said, do you want all 30 at once? How do you want to do it? And I said, let's just do 15 at first and then just to see how they sell that way. Then we'll do the other 15. Well, I sold my first 15 bags, uh, in the first week. So I was like, let oh, you go. Wow. So, um, so yeah, it's honestly, Ricky, it was just more of a personal, like, yeah, cool. Like antler up coffee. Um, I love it. it and so it's, it's supporting a, a good person that also has a, a dream and ambition to run his own company. And I like doing that type of ordeal. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. he's not local yeah. to me. He's local to Pennsylvania, obviously, but Again, a guy that mm-hmm. that I have respect for, and he shows you the process of what he's doing, and I appreciate that hustle, that grind, and so it was kind of pretty easy for me to say, "Sure, let's let's do this." And man, if uh, I make 
even if I break even with it, like that's all I care about. Like I told them that I was like, I'm yeah. not in the business to make money. Like, just let me know what I need to sell it at to, to cover my cost to you. Like, that's all I care about, man. I just wanted to, mm. for people to enjoy something. It's a holiday season. So if people are looking for a gift, I think, uh, something perishable like that would sell better than doing an antler up shirt or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's really cool. I'm gonna have to get my hands yeah, on a bag of that. Absolutely, um, man. Just coffee so much but I, I was like that's a really cool venture to go on and um and i love it and what's it called how do so um, our the name? yeah so it's the allegheny ambush is the antler up one and the company who's ed who's running uh doing the coffee it's called our grounds coffee so he's a big hunter uh he's doing a couple other little coffee off like one-offs with a couple other brands and uh, stuff like that which is kind of cool to see that he's getting more business and uh, it's what it's about, you know, supporting, supporting good people and, and having fun with it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's really cool. We'll have to, we'll put some, um, links in the, in the bio or in awesome. the description here, um, for that. So people can go over there and get their hands on some of the Allegheny ambush coffee. Did I say that right? Allegheny. Yep. yep. That's the old cool. Pittsburgh yeah. area, North, Northwest, uh, big force up there some hammer bucks get taken there every year steve steve shirk uh is next neck of the woods up there so anybody listening has heard steve shirk before on my podcast and wired to hunt and just all over the place for any he's just a pa killer but also a great educator when it comes to helping people with uh killing bucks yeah no that's awesome perfect so the next thing I wanted to talk about, you know, because both your podcast, Antler Up podcast and ours, the range podcast, we're both part of the Sportsman's Empire podcast mm -hmm. network, which you had mentioned earlier, which by the way, I did, I do also want to mention is an amazing community of podcasters. Uh, I also wanted to give you some credit too, because when, when I first was, had this idea that we wanted to do a podcast, uh, and I had, I had already done one episode with you, I believe. Uh, you know, you were just such a huge help. You got us our first mic, you know, um, tons of advice that, you know, I was asking you all kinds of questions and you were always there to answer my questions. And was, that was super helpful because it's, there's a lot of information out there. It, you know, and, and now I get some people asking me questions too, which, um, so it's, was really nice to have, uh, a number of different people, but you mainly being one of them kind of mentor me into this whole process. And, and um suggesting you know the sportsman's empire i you know connected with dan johnson at the nine finger chronicles and him and i discussed uh, in length you know the things that need to be done and and it's just been such a great community of of people everybody under the sportsman's empire network is uh, just awesome people um and so it's been a ton of fun and with that uh we've been given you know, one of the first opportunities to utilize Go Wild's e-commerce platform yep. called Holler. And, uh, and so what that does is it, it, it allows us to kind of have our own little storefront and we can promote products that, that we like to use. And in turn, the, the sale of those products then help, you know, support our podcast. And so it, how's, how's that been going for you over there at Antler Up? I see you were one of the first people to get your store up and, and just curious how it's going for you. And, and I, I see that we are, our stores are somewhat similar. We, we start right out the gate with, uh, tethered, with tethered gear. So, yep. yeah, it's, I, I'll tell you what, I haven't really 
dove down, I think, the rabbit hole that I hopefully could turn this into. Um, just because, like I said to you earlier, Ricky, I, I love gear. I love uh, just ha having someone like just going off of tethered and, and clicking on the store, you see knee pads, right? Like that is to me, what type of knee pad uh, when people ask me a question, Oh, do you use, use the notion or do you use the actual knee pads? And why can't I just use knee pads from Walmart? You know what I mean? Like what's the difference mm -hmm. and all that type of stuff. So I haven't really dove down the huge rabbit hole of what I think caller could really be. And uh, that is one of my, to do on my to-do list to get that up and run and talk a little bit about that more because like you said that is going to be i think one of the main pieces of ways that, that you could support podcasts going forward just because mm -hmm. i know companies really see certain benefits to advertisement and all that type of stuff but i also think um you know look at the where we are in the state of of uh, of uh, money you know what i mean in the world like mm -hmm. for companies yeah. you know it wasn't that great of a year across the the board no matter what type of industry you're in whether it's the outdoor industry clothing industry whatever like my sister is a district manager for a clothing company i know things are tough even in that world so this is i think a good way to maybe support people that you like to listen to because um, you know, a lot of people put a lot of time and effort into putting, putting out some good content and, and, and information. So, uh, I think it's a great opportunity for people like us, Ricky, uh, just because mm -hmm. there's things that we obviously believe in and value. Uh, and you know, like you said, right off the bat, like tethered's one of the, the main pieces of, of gear that I use, uh, and it's on there. And if you are looking to, you know, make that dive down into saddle hunting or you need a hiss strap or you need something along those lines you know that's a great place where you could purchase it and support someone that uh you know it's not just going to wherever it's also like in the world in the grand scheme of things it's also going to go back to tethered right because you're supporting it mm -hmm. from hauler hauler has to buy more inventory from tethered but then also since you bought it through one of our links you're supporting one of us as well so it's like a a total win-win-win situation for everybody involved Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, I mean, I, it probably, I probably don't need to say this, but at the same time, you know, the, the amount of time and everything that goes into putting together a podcast is it, it's, uh, I never could have imagined, you know, the, everything that goes into it, you know, and now that I'm immersed in it, it's like, holy buckets, you know, there's, there's a lot that goes into it, you know, a lot of research, a lot of time, you know, and you really want to make it, if you're going to spend the time doing it, you really want to make it, uh, some quality content. You got to do something that people want to listen to, you know? And, uh, so yeah, it costs money. And, and so these, you know, it, it would, it definitely helps support podcasts and, and, you know, for us, the range podcast, you know, obviously I have the backing of Vapor Trail and Stoker Eyes, so that helps out a ton, you know, and for some of the, you know, some of the other podcasts that maybe don't have that same backing, you know, um, get over there and, and help support, help support the antler up podcast and some of the others under the sportsman's empire network and, and the range podcast too. Every little bit helps, you know, if you already, if you know, you're already going to be purchasing something by going there and purchasing it, an item at the hauler, um, store front, you know, that most certainly helps support that podcast financially, uh, and you're still going to get some gear. You're going to be supporting the manufacturer and go wild as a whole is just a really cool community. Yeah. You know, it's, and it's, it's, it's really taking off in the, in the two years that I've been using it, it's, it's just blown up. And I think that, 
um, you know, it's just a really unique platform in that you can, you know, kind of promote gear that you like to use all the while you're, uh, you know, telling a story, you're, you're posting hero shots, you've got a place kind of like a, the way I look at it is it's almost like a journal yep. where I can keep all of that stuff. You know what I mean? Cause when it comes to, you know, Facebook or Instagram, you know, I've got, I, I've got a lot of other content like family related stuff and all that, but I just, I basically reserve gold wild for all my outdoor excursions, whether it's fishing, hunting, camping, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so it's just a really cool place uh, to have all of that in, uh, all of that stuff in, in one little place. And then just a cool community of people, your, your content's not going to get throttled down. Nope. <laughs> so you don't have to worry about any of that. Cause I see a ton of that, you know, nope. where it's just like, you know, there's some posts that do well and there's some things where you're like, Hmm, you know, why did that not go anywhere at all? You know, yeah. posted, you know, posted during the perfect time of day, you know, with the most traffic and all that. So you don't have to worry about any of that, but um, yeah, it's really cool. It's, it, it's awesome that they gave us that opportunity to, to kind of go through it's, it's in the beta test phase right now. So we're a big part of, you know, giving them feedback and trying to help them uh, improve on it. But so far it, it's pretty intuitive. It works really well. Um, it's easy for us to set up on our end and we can, we can constantly change it as, as the seasons change too. So it's, it's been a lot of fun working with that and a great crew down there at go wild too. So yeah. awesome people to work with. So the next, so, uh, the last thing that I wanted to ask is what is, what is your best piece of advice that you would have, uh, for, you know, for bow hunters out there, you know, um, you know, just based on your experiences and all the people that you get the opportunity to talk to. Honestly, Ricky, you, you said the word, and I was thinking about this throughout our, our conversation, you just said it, and that is experiences. And that is for anyone listening, we all have our own path that we're that we go down in everyday life whether it's you know you you name it work hunting uh marriage everything you have your own experiences and what you want your experience to be in the woods that is up to you and that is the one aspect that i think is really critical and really coming into i don't want to say my own but that was what i wanted to focus on for 2023 and you know like you just said earlier you don't want your hunt to be over right like there's you have that mm -hmm. certain feeling and you always hear you always hear that contradicting uh like response to something oh would you shoot that deer the last day yeah so then why are you passing him now right like you always hear the like certain lingo and my goal was to have experiences go with friends uh have opportunities like i'm in no position yet we're right now in this journey that i'm on with a bow in hand where i could sit there and say um i might pass that deer i want him to get older next year because i don't know that if he's going like the property i that i that i hunt whether it's here or back at home i there's no guarantee right like there's no guarantee that, that deer can make it next year so i'm in no position to do that so my goal was to make experiences so i scouted more i got my daughter involved to allow her to 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 come out with me. And if that meant for me to get a little extra workout by her being on my back, like, so be it just to get her in, in the further places to scout and mark waypoints, do those type of things and make experiences with friends, went to Maryland, had a really great encounter on one day, but it was a two day hunt. And I, I loved it. I went with a friend, 
-hmm. we had a great time it was a great experience come in the fall or more so in the fall with with pa again i was just like you know what just make experiences if i have a cool hunt that i grab my bow and i like i wanted to make great shots ricky five for five all deer with under 50 yards or less that was like that was my like that was a personal goal where i was like get back to shooting deer make great shots the best that you can right i know you might have a blip here and there but make those experiences count and that's what i did and then i knew okay hey come early rut time quote unquote in november the person who i went to maryland with i went to ohio with we went and we we were we had access to private pieces and Dude, I saw the two biggest deer I've ever seen while hunting. And it was just, again, great experiences, great opportunities. I did not fill a tag there, but again, there were experiences. And I wouldn't have been able to go to Ohio if I did not not kill up to that point that PA buck. Like I would have maybe mm -hmm. gone for two days. And the beauty of Ohio tags are I, I had a uh, the license from the previous year of uh, turkey season. So all I had to do was buy the buck tag. Right. So it wasn't like I was yeah. in the hole, all this amount of money. So mm -hmm. honestly, like my biggest advice is you need to have your experiences. You said, I have all these great guests and I'm very, very fortunate to have wonderful individuals come on, just tell their story, tell their experiences, tell their expertise. And it's until you really make it your own is when it, I feel like that is where you make those big jumps and that's make it your experiences and make it what you want it to make and that makes you happy. And then that's, that's the biggest key, man. That, that is, uh, that's something that I, I think if you do it in, in anything that is going to hopefully make you a happier individual and have enjoy it and just be better at what you, what you want to do. Yeah, man. I love that. And there you have it, everybody. I mean, that, that that's a, a great piece of advice. Get those experiences, get out in the woods, get your family out in the woods, go out with your friends, do whatever you have to do. If you can have a bow in your hand while you do it even better, you know? So that's awesome. I love that, man. Thanks for that. Absolutely. Thank you, man. Well, folks, that brings us to the end of this episode. Um, you can find us at The Range Podcast on Instagram and on Facebook. Also, uh, check out the Instagram and Facebook pages for Vapor Trail and Stoker Eye Stabilizers as well. Uh, and then, um, so Jeremy, if anybody wants to look you up, where can they find you at? Yeah. The one-stop shop would be, uh, just check out antlerupoutdoors.com. We have links to everything there, but again, on all social media platforms, go wild, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, uh, and, uh, you know, just appreciate the opportunity to come on, Ricky, have a chance to, to talk to you and, and be on the range podcast. And again, just, uh, thank you for, for that opportunity. And if, you know, go check us out over at antlerupoutdoors.com and all those social media outlets. Yeah, definitely get over there. Check out the podcast. I know you guys are on iTunes and on Spotify along with an, a handful of other um, platforms, but make sure you check that out. Get over there. He's got a lot of really awesome guests with a ton of great tips on uh, a lot of whitetail hunting stuff, uh, you know, a lot of good, good information there. Uh, that can kind of help you out in your hunts and uh, uh, so again thanks a lot jeremy for being here appreciate all your time 
And again, be sure to head over to our Vapor Trail YouTube channel. If you like the video, hit that thumbs up button and make sure to subscribe so you can be up to date on all things archery. And if you're listening, please do me a favor, get over uh, to Spotify or iTunes and give us a, a five-star rating. And with that, we are going to pack up our bows and arrows and we're hitting the range. Have a great day, everybody. Vapor Trail is now offering an exclusive discount to the Range Podcast listeners. Enter promo code TRP15, that's T-R-P-15, at checkout for 15% off VTX bowstrings and Vapor Trail and Stokerize branded t-shirts, hats, and other gear.